I'm not the little drummer boy, but I'll play my trumpet for you. Here's the guy, it's Ron and Don. Hey, Merry Christmas, episode 42. We didn't have a little drummer boy. We have a little trumpet boy. That's my son, G-Force O'Neal over there. And of course, he's Ron. I'm Don. He's been gigging busy this holiday season. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. And we hope you're having a great time with your family. And chances are, maybe you're just taking a break. You're going out on a walk because you're sick of Uncle Vinny. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to tune into the Ron and Don show, and why wouldn't you? Hey, coming up here in a couple minutes, we're going to talk about robocalls, and I bet you have a lot of robo. I get a, lot, a ton of robocalls, and uh, the federal government is trying to do something about that because they know that there's a lot of people out there wasting a lot of our time, and you're not going to believe the fine. You're not going to believe the fine that the federal government has just come up with. Also, FedEx, you're fired! That's right. Was it Donald Trump that fired FedEx? No, it was Amazon, and we'll talk about why. Why would you do that in the height of Christmas season? And then finally, less people making resolutions this year, but you're going to be surprised about the people that are making resolutions and how steadfast they are through the course of the year. There's a new study out on that. So anyway, uh, Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas you. Merry Christmas to you. I see I have a gift here. I you ha- do have a gift. I have have to be honest as i open this gift there's going to be something that goes through my mind uh as i'm i'm, I'm is, is should i open this now or should sure, I let's open it, open it live all right i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna open the gift now we're gonna open it live here on the ron and don podcast it's in a gift bag yeah with, and you, uh, tissue paper don't forget you demanded th- uh yeah you we heard your plea now you got three three episodes of the ron and don show brought to you by les schwab and the les schwab studios we're certainly thankful for them you probably will not we, we talked about this before but i went ahead and did it Oh, you did! And yes! So, uh, yes! Yes! I, I, so yes! So we talked about a couple episodes ago. Thank you, Ron. That's awesome. But this one's special. We this talked about the, the best thing that I've bought uh, that's made a, a big impact my for like 25 bucks. Less than, we were talking about the, uh, a couple episodes ago, something that you bought less than $100 that's had a huge impact on your life, and this and is what you talked about. For me, it was the, the coffee warmer okay. that sits by my computer. I bought the same the same one. So you and I have identical outfits, Okay, but... My old one, which was a Mr. Coffee, mm. did not have an adjustable temperature. It didn't. And okay. so sometimes, depending on the cup you were using, uh, it just wasn't warm enough. And I know that you like it extra hot. Uh, I know your coffee drink. You always get the extra hot one. And so this one, you can get You can get that thing all the way up to boiling. If yeah, you want to boil your coffee, you can. I got a mug of coffee warmer. This is great. And I have to be honest, a lot of times I open up presents and I'm like, okay. Who am I going to re-gift this to? Oh, you better not re-gift it. I'm not, this is not a re-gift. A little bit of a disclaimer. But I do have three re-gifts so far, I'm just telling you. Amazon told me that the metal cup was going to work best with the hot, the little mini hot plate. Oh. It's double-walled, though. Okay. They, they upsold me. I bought oh. it. It's not, just use a regular coffee mug, stick it on there. I'm at about a 195. Yeah. Which is my temperature. I think you're going to be up in the 200s, but uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks for that. Did you get my uh, Christmas gift? I've I've not. Left it for you at the office. I haven't been back there. I think you're going to love it. And it might be something that you want to re-gift, and if you do, that doesn't bother me, (laughs) because, by the way, I want people to use stuff, and if I give you something you're not going to use, go ahead and re-gift it. It's not going to break my heart. Anyway, uh, Ron, let's talk about robocalls right now, because I don't know about you, 
Uh, now that we're in the real estate business, I answer my phone all the time because we have people that are relocating to the area. So you might get a call from Tampa. You might get a call from Dallas. You might get a call from Minnesota. When I used to get those calls, I knew that they were spoof calls. They were robocalls. It's someone trying to sell me a cruise, someone trying to sell me Viagra, uh, someone trying to sell me something that I just don't want. And they say the reason why they continue with these robocalls is because robocalls work. And as I talked to my mom the other day, for instance, she bought something as a result of someone calling her and robocalling her someone told me though try this and this is supposed to work when somebody calls because usually i hang up or i get mad or i text something to them uh and then the text message always comes back to you they say tell them this put me on your 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 do not call list and i've been doing that because a lot of times when i get a robocall and if i don't answer then they spoof me from two other numbers and usually the first call is from like virginia the second call is from dallas and then the third call is from auburn and i know it's someone just sitting on a computer and they're spoofing me a lot of times if you return that call there's someone on the other end that will answer from auburn auburn but their number is spoofed and they don't know what you're talking about because uh robocalls out there robocallers are typically out of the country they sit at a computer and they have the ability to steal phone numbers to call you uh it's called ghosting or spoofing and then a lot of times when you call back you'll you'll find out that it's not a good number or the person on the other end is an unsuspecting participant the federal government is now stepping in and saying oh yeah you know what we're gonna do we're gonna start protecting consumers in the united states and if robocalls are happening we're gonna create a huge fine and also we're gonna go to carriers like at&t and horizon and we're gonna say hey you need to be a part of this. You need to jump on board, and you need to stop this now. Do you get a lot? Do you get a lot of phone calls, Ron? Uh, I I used to. I installed a, a piece of software on my phone that uh, rejects a lot of them, and then I block them. If a robocall comes in, I block it. But that's good to ask for the do not call. Here's it. So it's called the the Trace Act, the the Telephone Robocall Abuse Criminal Enforcement and Deterrence Act. Uh, and it's got ten thousand dollars per call as a violation. Here's the the thing, though. Um, if you're savvy on all this stuff. It's, it's going to depend. So if it's coming from inside the United States, mm-hmm. I, think, I think they'd be able to maybe enact this. The, the question that I have is, are we hiring a traced enforcement squad? You know, is there going to be uh, you know, an army of, of men and women in law enforcement whose job it is is to go out and track down these phone banks? I doubt that when you can't even keep, you know, uh, immigration forces staffed. Uh, there's We talk to police forces around uh, the Puget Sound area. They can't hire enough people to work uh, those police jobs. So if to, to get an army of people to track these downs, that will be interesting if they have to do that. Because if you don't enforce it, then who cares? Like, you could rack up $8 million in fines if no one's coming to arrest you or to enforce that. Then it doesn't matter how much your fines are per call. The other thing is that many of these call centers are not in the United States. That's right. Yeah. And so it's internet-based. It's V over IP. So if someone gets this high-speed internet connection, they're in the Philippines or they're wherever they are. Ukraine, somewhere, yeah. And so they buy a list of phone numbers on the dark web or buy a list of phone numbers from someone that was hacked or buy a list of phone just go through every possible phone number because it's so cheap to call you write a piece of software and just blast out the calls so if i'm in the philippines and i have a, a, a calling center like this how is the united states gonna gonna find me like are they gonna fly to the philippines find the phone bank and then under what jurisdiction are they enforcing the ten thousand dollar per call fine so i think that that politicians were looking for a win here you're right yeah. there was republicans and democrats both of them were like hey we all agree 
these robocalls are ridiculous, so they wanted to get some sort of win before the end of the year. I think it's relatively enforceable. The the, the wild card though is the the cell phone industry. That's what it's going to ask saying you. Yeah, because you got to get if they get the carriers involved here. Because I'm with you. A ten thousand dollar fine doesn't mean anything. They're not going to be able to track people down. Uh, but there are companies out there that can step in and they can do this uh it's just awful spendy for them to be a part of this but it seems like the federal government may, 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 may now force that there was a reason why spoofing existed and i forget right now i listened to a podcast on it but like there was a legitimate reason why you could make a number show up the way it shows up and i think it was went back to the 1-800 numbers and so 1-800 numbers around america now that i'm remembering this a little bit uh you needed different um extensions and they were uh they ran out of one so it used to be 1-800 numbers were nationwide and then you needed them to be regional and so they invented this thing was okay we're going to need to show up a number on someone's phone and then of course it got abused with all all the spoofing so we'll see how this works i think if the cell phone companies really want it to to end that they can make a database where it cross-references these numbers and it does block them like as they're going out but um yeah, we'll see. Like, I don't think the, I, I don't think it's going to eliminate them as soon as this is passed yeah. by any means. I really welcome this, and I bet you do too, because it, it is difficult if you have a job and you're used to getting phone calls from people around the country, around the world, and then you're being spoofed all the time. And sometimes you'll pick up a phone and you're ready to lay into somebody for spoofing you, and then you find out, oh my gosh, it was a client of mine from Dallas that's relocating. And I was about to lay into them, and I'm glad I didn't do that. So, nonetheless, $10,000 fine, federal government now getting involved. And I think you're right. You see Democrats and Republicans wanting to do something right now in the midst of this impeachment uh, because they're all running. Each and every one of them are running on some kind of ticket, and you want to make sure that your constituents know that you got something done before the end of the year in 2019 before we head into the the next decade. Uh, in the other Washington. All right, we don't have a little drummer boy. We don't have a little drummer boy on Christmas, uh, but we do have a little trumpet boy uh, taking us out here. We'll be back in one minute live from the Les Schwab Studios. It's Ron and Don in three, two, one. Take it, trumpet boy. Hey, it's Ron here with Rich Ballman. Rich, this is a treacherous time of the year to drive. And you might be going, oh, I'm going to head over to eastern Washington. I'm going to head over to Idaho. You need to just bring the car in, get it checked out at Les Schwab. It's free. It sure is, Ron. You know, we offer the free pre-trip safety check at any point in time. And we're going to remove the tires for you. Uh, of course, look at the uh, look at the brakes and give you uh, just an honest estimation of what's remaining uh, uh, in brake material. Look at your tires. Make sure that they're in good condition. If they need to be rotated, we'll go ahead and do that at that time. We wouldn't charge anything for you to rotate the tires while we have them off. Uh, go ahead and check the air, of course, you know, in the winter. Uh, as, as the temperatures go down, uh, those darn TPMS sensors that are in our tires nowadays, you know, uh, they, they, the lights tends to start coming on on the dash. And so we encourage people, if that happens, just drop by. We'll check your air for you for free. But uh, we'd love to have you come in and see us to get ready for winter. Uh, make sure that you're up to speed and that when we get that incremental weather, sometimes a little snow, that uh, you're ready to go. 
Yeah, and sometimes it's the peace of mind of knowing, okay, I checked this out, I'm good to go, and it just lets you have some confidence when you're going to hit the passes. So thanks a bunch. Head out to Les Schwab. There's 85 stores to uh, to serve you. Head in and just say, Ron and Don told me I could get my free inspection to get ready for winter. Les Schwab, doing the right thing since 1952. Do you have a dog like my dog, Charlie? Buy him a Ron and Don Nation bandana. Dog bandanas out now at ronanddon.com. There you go. There's our uh, little trumpet boy, Gunnar O'Neill. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Episode number 42, brought to you live from the Les Schwab Studios. Don't forget, a lot of people ask us, what happened in Terrestrial Radio to you guys last January? That's episode one. Uh, Ron is getting ready to go visit his family, the family of his birth mom who passed away earlier this year. And uh, people have asked about that and that's episode is that episode number three i believe it's episode three you can get it on the podcast feed and so if you subscribe in uh, apple itunes or you subscribe through spotify or stitcher you can just scroll back and uh listen to any episode you want yeah chances are you're out uh, walking the dog it's christmas day thanks for stopping by for episode uh, number 42 let's do a quick uh, christmas roundup this i found uh to be very interesting because here we are in the middle of the holidays, and every time I walk out the door, it seems like there's a package at the door, or it seems like there's trucks everywhere that are dropping off packages. A truck that stopped by my house the other day was a FedEx truck, and I thought what was weird, my son and I had gone into a pop-up store over in U Village, and it's a van store. And uh, you can walk in, you can buy some vans, you can also buy some custom vans that somebody else created. They have an artist uh, that came in, created these custom vans, they're really cool. Or, a couple of weeks ago, you could go in there on this big screen, and this is something that uh, G-Force O'Neill did. Uh, in fact, he had them on today, and you saw them, and they're super cool. You can build your own shoe, mm-hmm. and then after you build your own shoe, that shoe then is sent to you uh, in the mail just in time for Christmas. This shoe has actually been uh, knocking around in the mail for the past week or so uh, because FedEx, and they stop by, and then instead of dropping the box off or given an option where we'll re-deliver the next day, they said that I had to go downtown on, in, on First Street, and that I had to go down. a note on your door? Yeah, that I had to go down there and pick up his shoes. And the thing I didn't understand is, one, why didn't they just drop the shoes off? Or two, why didn't they give me a different delivery date? And number three, the last thing that I want to do during Christmas is drive downtown to a pickup center. I finally drove downtown to the pickup center to pick them up. The shoes were gone. They didn't know where they were at. And the next thing you know, the shoes are re-delivered by somebody else that, and they came non-FedEx. And I'm just sitting there going, oh my gosh, what is going on with FedEx? Well, Amazon seems to be having a problem with FedEx, and they just fired them in the height of the holiday season. This is incredible, right? It is. This is a, a really interesting story. Um, and so Amazon, not they, they haven't fired them for everything. I think there's a couple things that Amazon still does. This is for third-party users. So in other words, there are, uh, half of the business on Amazon is actually sub-vendors. So a lot of people don't realize this. When you go on sometimes and you're buying a pair of shoes or whatever, it's not actually coming from Amazon. So supposedly the the the, the contract we have with Amazon is that we trust Amazon. 
You haven't. Uh, uh, you, you, we trust you with our financial information. Who's we? Ad, the, the customer. The customer. The people. Okay. Okay. And so then you're going to vet this third party vendor, and then the third party vendor is going to either send us it, send us the gear directly, or they might give that gear to an Amazon warehouse, and Amazon will send it directly, but it's through a third party. So Amazon has said third party. You can no longer use FedEx, and they're they're tracing it all the way back to a guy that's affectionately known in the company as the sniper. Mm. His name is uh, Dave Clark. He's Amazon's logistics chief. And so evidently this guy's a maniac. Like his entire life is about making things more efficient. And their stories, and they might be true, they might be made up, that Dave used to hide inside of warehouses, the the head of global logistics, (laughs) the sniper, that he would hide in a warehouse and look for associates that were slacking. I love and it. then he would go in and fire them. Yeah. And so that's where he got the nickname, the sniper. And so he looked at this and he said, okay, uh, UPS is at 93.7% of uh, reliable deliveries. Mm. The, the um, 92 point, or, or wait, Amazon's own service, which you may have seen around here in the blue trucks, the yeah. little vans, the sprinter vans, they're at 93.7. UPS is at 92.7. And FedEx has slid all the way down to 90.4%. That isn't good enough for Amazon. And so they're out. Mm. Uh, and so what they think is going on here is that, or analysts are looking at, Amazon's just going to build bill it out themselves. I don't know if you've seen... Amazon planes, have you been to the airport lately? They're, they're buying a fleet of planes similar to FedEx and UPS. They're now deploying all of these vans, like a sprinter van style of stuff. Uh, and they're having people that can quote unquote own your own business. So if you bought a route or you got a route like, uh, you know, Capitol Hill, Queen Anne, some Auburn, a neighborhood, and you can be the Amazon delivery person that they're saying can be a lucrative career. And so it looks like Amazon's just going to try to phase this out, build their own system uh, of delivery in their bid to continue to take over the world. Yeah. Anyway, I, t- I tell you what, I was, I, w- I was not happy with FedEx, and I can see why Amazon wouldn't be happy with FedEx. A lot of their business has gone to the United States Postal Service, and it is interesting on a Sunday to see a postal truck in your neighborhood because we're not used to seeing that, and they say that Amazon has played a big role in that. But I wonder, is they peel back and they hire less uh, uh, third-party vendors, uh, I wonder, as they begin to take over by their planes, have their own hubs, have their own trucks, I just wonder what's going to happen to the United States uh, Postal Service. Hey, uh, one other thing real quick. You were telling me, as we head to a one-minute break, uh, the 12 days of Christmas, a little more spendy this year if you're uh, if you're doing some last-minute Christmas shopping on Christmas, which uh, I have actually done before at a Walgreens at a gas station. And, hey, when you're 19 years old, you have to wait for the Christmas money to come in on Christmas morning, and then you can go out and spend it and then bring the gifts back to the family. So there's, done an, that before. there's an outfit for 36 years in a row have done the Christmas price index yeah. uh, for the 12 days of Christmas. And it depends on how you look at it. If you just buy all the items once or if you do it like the song says, and you buy all the items in a row on each given day. But if you buy everything, it's $170,000. You just buy one of everything, it's thirty-nine dollars Surprisingly, the most expensive item on the list is seven swans of swimming. $13,125 to get seven swans of swimming. Uh, and then in sort of a, a gender bias... 
10 Lords of Leaping cost you 10 grand. Yeah. But Nine Ladies Dancing is only 7,500. Well, it depends on if you go to Rick's or not. Right. And then I think there are a lot more at Rick's. The best deal on the whole list, Eight Maids of Milking is only $58. <laughs> I don't know where they came up with that. Partridge in a Pear Tree is 210 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and the drummers, you can get a drummer pretty cheap. $2,900 for 12 drummers drumming. All right, speaking of uh, drummers, we don't have a drummer. We have a little trumpet boy. It's Christmas Day. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, little trumpet boy, I wouldn't put the trumpet right on the right on Mr. Ron's microphone like that because I think you might uh, blow it out. So, uh, Anyway, we're back in one minute live from the Les Schwab Studios. Why wouldn't we be uh, Ron and Don on this Christmas morning? What do you got? playing eight weeks that's great it's fantastic <laughs> all right uh we'll come back finish up it's the ron and don show with g force o'neill the little trumpet boy uh right here on ron and don radio hey i don't know if this happened to you it happened to me the other day i jump in my truck i have a forerunner it's real wheel drive and it used to be when i had these old tires on it in fact the tires that came from the toyota manufacturer the truck would spin out all the time and I had a hard time controlling the truck. Well, what I did is I went to Les Schwab and they put on some brand new tires. They have their own tire line now. And I'm telling you, it has made a world of difference in the way that my truck performs. I no longer have to put it in four wheel drive when it gets rainy out. And I used to have to do that with the other tires. So if you're looking for some brand new tires and you want to make sure that these tires are going to perform when it rains out or when you're heading up to the pass and all the snow and everything else. What you want to do is you want to stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center and say, hey, let me look at the custom Les Schwab tires in the Les Schwab Tire Line, all right? LesSchwab.com. Find one of those locations near you. Just go to LesSchwab.com. And don't forget, Les Schwab doing the right thing. You know it matters. Oh, we are live from uh, the Let's Rob Studios on this Christmas morning. Thanks for stopping by. I hope you're having a great time with family and friends. And uh, before we get out of here, I just want to remind you uh, that Ron and Don are licensed brokers with Windermere. We do something called the Ron and Don sit-down. We just did this with our friends Juan Carlos and Heather. We did a sit-down with them. It was cool, wasn't it? It was very cool. And the thing that I, I loved about it is that uh, many times in a couple, you see why they were attracted to each other in the first place. And so the, these uh, their personalities really meshed in a very delightful way. But Juan Carlos was a little more process oriented, and Heather was a little more um, you know leading with her emotions and like wanting a, a specific house. And so trying to you know meet with them, or we did meet with them, but to give enough data to Juan Carlos and enough like of the emotional side to Heather at the same time was an interesting conversation. And so it's it's interesting when someone finally. Uh, feels like they've been heard, yeah. and they look at you like, okay, they, you, the, their body language can exhale a little bit. And like Juan Carlos and I had a moment where it was like, dude, I'm going to get you as, as much data as you want. Like you can tell when someone is a spreadsheet person and they want some information. Juan Carlos needed some info, and so I'm going to uh, fed him some info, and he sort of relaxed a little. He's like, okay, 
Like he just needed somewhere to land, and that was it, it's that 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 sort of thing happens in the Ron. Yeah, and it down. depends on where you are in your journey. Heather reached out to Ron the other day and said, "Hey, let's do a sit down. We think we're ready to buy a house in Seattle. We live over on the east side." So Saturday morning, you and I went over there at ten o'clock. We spent a couple hours with them. We got to sit down, which is really cool. They've been part of the Ron and Don Nation for quite some time. And then I too, because uh, we got to meet their older grown kids while we were there. And then you could see them holding hands while they were talking to us, and you could see they're deeply in love after all these years. I looked over and I went, oh, that's so sweet. I want that. Uh, I thought it was really, really nice. So anyway, they're in a different spot on their real estate journey than chances are you are. And maybe you're not at a place where you're ready to buy a house, but you just want to learn more about the property that you have. Uh, We can come out and do that too. So we come to you. You come to us. It's a Ron and Don sit down brought to you by Ron and Don licensed brokers. Uh, We are licensed brokers with Windermere as we head into 2020. Reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. That's Ron at Windermere.com. And say, hey, guys let's sit down, let's grab a cup of coffee, and uh, let's chat, and uh, we'll do that. Before we get out of here today, this is kind of interesting as people gather around the artificial tree and not the real tree, it's, right? It's funny because like, growing up, you think that everybody's family is kind of like your family, mm-hmm. and you think that uh, everybody else kind of sees the world the same way that you see the world. And then there's that t- point, different ages for different people, in, maybe in your teens, maybe not even until your 20s, maybe until you're 50, where you're like, oh, other people see things differently, and their family's different than my family. So there was a uh, civic science, which I like, and I quote a lot on the show because they do really interesting research. Uh, they did a big survey about this, and I was, this was really surprising to me, about some very basic stuff and assumptions about Christmas. And I'm just going to say, I know there's other holidays. Happy Hanukkah to everybody, uh, and I've seen some great pictures of Hanukkah going on, but this is a Christmas survey. And so the first question, do you put presents under the tree before Christmas Day and this was every year. We, my sister and brother and I, if we did not have the same exact number of presents, didn't matter the size, <laughs> it had to be the same number. You would count. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, and you so would. we would okay. go every day. You yeah. would go into there, and sometimes we had Chris, we had presents. As soon as the tree went up, there it always started with like one present for each kid. Mm. And then as we mounted towards Christmas Day, it would grow until you if if. My sister had five, I had to have five. Mm. If my brother had six, I had to have six. And then then on uh, Christmas morning, Santa would bring a couple bonus gifts, but we had tree, tree gifts under the tree growing up. So it was, was that your house as well? Because the thing that struck me on this is the number of people, zero presents under the tree until Christmas morning. Yeah, we always had zero presents, and then boom, Santa, zero? Would, Santa would come. They'd show All up. of December, zero Grandparents presents? Grandparents would show up. There were never presents for us. There would be presents maybe for a neighbor or a friend, but nothing for us under the tree. So, so. The, you're in the minority. 21% of people surveyed said zero presents mm. until Christmas morning. That shocked me. I just assumed that everybody had a couple presents. It's sort of the quintessential when you draw the Christmas tree when you're in grade school. It always has a couple presents under there. Yeah. 65% surveyed said, of course, there's presents under the tree before Christmas Day. And then 13% just don't do a tree. All right. So uh, is the tree real, fake, or uh, neither uh, if you have no tree? And so for a lot of years, I had no tree. Now I'm in the fake tree camp. I don't know if you looked at the numbers. Real tree, fake tree. Uh, what do you think the number is for fake now? I don't know, but I have to say the, the fake trees now are when, – when we had a fake tree when I was a little kid, it was a lot of work because you had to pull – you put the pole in the stand, and then all the branches were color-coded. This thing was over oh, seven assembly. feet tall. Yeah. It took forever. 
And one of the reasons why you get an artificial tree now is because it's so much easier because a lot of times the branches just fold up. The lights are already attached. Sometimes right. they have the ornaments on and, and you just pop on the star and you're good to go. And, and what, the big reason why you do that is, number one, maybe you don't want to take down a tree. Maybe you're trying to save the earth. And the other thing is, uh, where does that tree go after it's done at your house? And then the other thing is trying to put away a live tree in your house there's needles everywhere uh the dog pees on it uh you could set set that thing on fire there's all kinds of things that go sideways so now having an artificial tree i embrace but my son does not he demands a real tree yeah daddy we gotta have a real tree so 58 percent of americans now uh according to the survey are doing fake trees they're doing fake trees. that makes sense to me it It does does. yeah Yeah, i have a fake tree you have a fake tree are the the lights already attached the lights i had to put the lights on when i heard you say that i was like man i should have got the one with the built-in lights because that's a bit of a hassle yeah to put the lights on all right Favorite animated Christmas movie. A, a favorite animated Christmas movie. Uh, G-Force. Not, not, not a, a live action. Favorite animated uh, Christmas movie. G-Force, what's our uh, favorite animated uh, Christmas movie, would you say? Quick. Three, two, one. What's the answer? I don't know. <laughs> you just smelled that out. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with a, a year without a Santa Claus. We mm. There was almost a year. Uh, Heat Miser jumped in. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, I think, was a part of this. Things went really sideways. They called on Rudolph, Dasher, I Dancer, knew you were say that. Bob, all the reindeer. They got there. They saved the day. Uh, and now it's not going to be a year uh, without a Santa, it, Santa Claus and the fat man will fly. That did not make the top four. It didn't. So coming it's in outrageous. At, coming in at number four, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. And so uh, that is the, the, the number four one. Number three, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer there from 1964, go. Rankin Bass. I love it, yeah. Number two, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the animated version from 96. Okay. And number one, A Charlie Brown Christmas from yeah. 1965. Really? Yeah. So Interesting. That, and then uh, when we talk live action movies, It's yeah. a Wonderful Life is fourth. Okay. Elf no. uh, with, is, is, is third. Mm. Home Alone is second. And National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is first with 24% of the votes. It holds up. National Lampoon holds up. And then up. finally, yeah. what do you put on top of the tree? Yeah. 49% say a star, 30% say an angel, 15% say something else, which I don't know what that would be, huh. and then 7% put nothing on the top of their tree. Really? Uh, what's on the top of your tree? Uh, I don't think I put anything on the top of the tree, so I'm in the nothing camp. You're nothing. Nothing's up there. Nothing. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a safe Christmas, and uh, a Happy New Year to everyone. This is episode number 42. And uh, it's all brought to you by Les Schwab, and we are so appreciative of them. They heard your plea. Now you got three three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. And also, thanks. We have a lot of great ratings and reviews out there, don't we? Yeah, thanks for everybody that went to iTunes, gave us a star rating, four or five stars, put a comment up there. I think it's almost a 1,000 folks have done that, so awesome. really appreciate it. If you understand how podcasting works and understand how to subscribe, help us reach all the people that are in the Ron and Don Nation and show them how to do it. Maybe even take their phone out of their uh, their hand, subscribe for them, show them how to sync it up to their car. Uh, that's all. I love getting these emails of folks that are like, hey, you're doing three shows a week. Thanks to Les Schwab. I listen on my way home uh, just the way I always used to. When you hit subscribe, then tomorrow, 43, and then the next day, 44, they automatically come to you. They're Absolutely. In They're ready to listen to you. just got to push one button and you're listening. Yeah, and then also, uh, we really, really appreciate everyone that leaves a review. That's really helpful. And if you're ready to sit down with us, we're ready to sit down with you like Juan Carlos and Heather did. It's the Ron and Don sit down. 
costs absolutely nothing, and it's a lot of fun. And we'll just hug each other. We'll have a cup of coffee, and we'll talk about your real estate journey as we head into 2020 and the new decade. I know for a lot of you, you say real estate is so expensive right now in the Puget Sound. But think about what you'll be thinking 10 years from now when you look back. I bought a piece of real estate 10 years ago when my son was born. $465,000. That piece of real estate today, without doing anything to it, just owning it, is worth $1.2 million as we look back in the rear view. So think about that, buying a piece of real estate this year. Uh, we'd love to be a part of it. Or if you're ready to sell too, or you're ready just to be an investor, let's do it. A Ron and Don sit down, just write to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. You can always reach out to me too, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Hey, we don't have a drummer boy, but we do have a trumpet boy, and uh, he's going to play us out. Episode number 42. Take it, little trumpet boy, and Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Christmas movie? Uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas.